Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC, Twin Peaks presents Schlereth and Evans. Ah, here it is. It, it's here. You made it. Friday. How's it going, everybody? Mark is uh, off today doing all kinds of Fox TV stuff out there at the Super Bowl in uh, Phoenix. So my man, Lodo Chad. Chad Andrews sitting in. How you doing, my man? Mark gave me three second-round picks to show up this morning and swap positions. Um, oh, I'm well. I'm well. I hope you aren't pushing for those second round. Boy, they were handing out second-round picks back and forth like, like, like Halloween Skittles. candy. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you take Here, a second-round take three. Pick. Take yeah. five. Hey, I listen, don't care. Listen, the last thing we want is a bunch of leftover second-rounders, so please take as many as you'd like. Because, you know, you can't get anybody that can play in the second round. No. Who could you possibly find that could even play a lick in the second like round? Like at the 41st pick or something. Right. Somebody who was picked during a Taco Bell commercial just with the the, the scrawl going across the uh, the bottom of the, the picture. Well. Delicious. It, uh, is it is it just me Friday, of course, where we give you a chance to uh, get whatever you'd like off your chest. And there's a lot going on. A lot of things to comment on, react to. So hit us up on the ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043 just give it to us in the form of uh is it just me and away we go let's start with the the nuggets what did you think of the the moves non-moves made yesterday at the trade deadline thomas bryant good move should help out uh somebody that can actually play as a backup center and is a backup center not a power forward like Zignaji. so that should be helpful uh definitely a position of need that i think everyone recognized the entire season long and i had warned people repeatedly to don't get your hopes up for a big return on bones highland in the market and even i was disappointed when i was trying to temper expectations that it was two second-round picks, that they couldn't salvage something out of that. And what it comes down to for me is the the conference finals and the finals are such a different game in terms of the defensive intensity and the physicality. And the failure to add a long, strong wing defender because they need that guy, um, that's a disappointment. And it's going to make things more difficult to navigate their way through the West. And it makes getting home court much more important because they're going to have to make uh, all of these several other contenders now come through Denver because you see how much the Nuggets are struggling on the road and you see where there could be some holes and some problems matching up against some of these other teams in the West. So it is uh, it was always important. Now it is of critical importance to maintain the number one seed and get home court if you're going to get through the West. I thought they completely you know, botched the Bones Highland uh, situation. And I, I get it. He'd become a distraction uh, to the point it started when he walked off the floor against uh, Oklahoma City. 
Uh, Jamal Murray making no secret of the fact that, uh, you know, he wasn't happy with Bones' lack of professionalism. Uh, Jamal didn't like being out on the court with Bones because Jamal would have to take on the harder defensive assignment. But Bones Highland's 22. Okay. He's a young guy. He's immature. He wouldn't be the first 22-year-old in the NBA or any other professional sport to be immature. You could have just buried him. Just sit him. Just sit him. Just say, hey, look. Or, you know, suspend him. I don't care. Send him home. Who cares? But I don't think you give up on a talent like that, a young talent like that, just because he's not fitting in right now. If Bones Highland is going to be such a distraction, such a a locker room cancer, somebody that is going to pull this team apart if you keep them here, then you know what? Your team's not really made of the right stuff. If you can't withstand Bones Highland and his immaturity to the point where you got to unload a a, a talented player with with significant upside for second-round picks, and he goes to a team that you could face in the playoffs, nah, not a fan. The only counter I would have to that is the fact that it opens up a roster spot, and if they get somebody on the buyout that can help for a playoff push like Reggie Jackson, that would be the only counter I would have. I tend to agree with you that if you wait into the offseason, if you wait into the draft, maybe you get part of a bigger deal, you get more of a return. Or you and- just say, hey, take this, take this time, grow up, and we'll come back and we'll try this again next year. Okay? Right, but... Try to salvage this thing. The the only, like I said, the only counter is if that open roster spot now allows you to get somebody that can contribute. You didn't get it through the trade, but you get it through the buyout market. The challenge with that is when you don't make a splash and you're not in the headlines, Reggie Jackson starts going, well, yeah, I'm going to look at Phoenix. (laughs) I'm going to look at, you know, wherever... Whatever team may want a point guard that is that he sees as a contender that he may see as more of a contender than Denver, even though Denver is currently number one in the West. Right? He's from here. He grew up here. It would be a great fit to come back, much more so than John Wall or Russell Westbrook or any of these names that are getting bought out. Um, that would be the only counter is if they can do something like that that would actually help. Uh, I hope they can pull it off and he doesn't have his sights set on going somewhere else. So we've got that to react to. The uh, latest on Russell Wilson, uh, while the charity stuff goes on and now his team, his foundation is is responding with, uh, uh, with more explanations as to what went down. We saw Russ out and about yesterday posting a picture on social media with him. Joe Montana and Sean Payton. And I know you can do different things with pictures and filters these days, but Montana looked uh, looked thin, but he's he's looked thin for a long time. Sean Payton looked like uh well like you and me, uh classic <laughs> classic dad bod frame there for for Sean Payton. Comfortable. He looks comfortable. He looked comfortable. What's wrong with comfortable? But if my eyes didn't deceive me, Russ looked skinnier. Russ looked leaner. His face didn't look as puffy. He looks. Could, he, could looks he already um, be taking it seriously? The idea that hey, I I got to drop some weight. I got to get a little quicker, a little leaner, a little meaner. Well, you know, beach season is coming up in Monaco, and 
wherever else he's going to need to go. He's got to have his beach body ready. Yeah. Um, no, he do, he does look lean. Um, he is wearing all black, which tends to be slimming, right? All right, that's what they tell us. For those of oh. us with dad bods, we're I count, supposed to... I count on that. <laughs> wear things that are slimming. What? You um, want me to wear white? No, 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 no. Uh, no, he, uh, he, he, he looks good. He looks, he looks fit. Um, it looks like they're at a steakhouse or something of the sort, but uh, who knows what was on the menu. Um, uh, at least, uh, I'm, I'm sure Sean Payton didn't order the burger, right? I'll just say that. <laughs> so... You got that going on as well. So Russ and Russ did not look like he was wearing the weight of the world with uh, everything going on with the charity and reports out there that Peyton doesn't want to coach him. And then you got Cam Jordan at the NFL award show yesterday singing a, a song to Sean Payton that includes a lyric of Russell Wilson throwing a duck. Uh, it Russ. continues to be open season on Russ, but Russ looked fine. <laughs> he looked big smile. Didn't seem like uh, he was too unhappy about anything or, or wearing any heavy burden. So we're off and rolling on an Is It Just Me a Friday. Coming up, we'll get into some of the Is It Just Me's. Congratulations to uh, DeMarcus Ware and, and his impact needs to be talked about. We'll do that. Plus, what do we make of the as 5 nothing loss in Tampa last night? All that coming up next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC, Twin Peaks presents Schlereth and Evans. Mark doing some uh, TV this morning out at the Super Bowl for Fox Sports FS1. So, Chad Anders, Lodo Chad sitting in on an Is It Just Me Friday. Already some of the Is It Just Me starting to roll in. Get to some of those. I've got great news for Broncos country. Bad news for Chiefs Kingdom which is good news for Broncos country. Patrick Mahomes is the NFL MVP. Before you get, oh, jeez. I'm here. Mahomes, it's bad enough they're in the Super Bowl, but now he's winning the MVP. Aha, here's the good news. I'm here. The last nine MVPs who have played in the Super Bowl have all lost. Here's your list. 2001, Kurt Warner. 2002, Rich Gannon. 2005, Sean Alexander, running back, Seattle. 2007, Brady. 2009 and 2013, PFM. Cam Newton in 2015, still looking for that fumble. Matt Ryan, 2016, and Tom Brady again in 2017. Good news! Good news. I'm not the conspiracy theorist kind of guy. And, you know, to think like the Super Bowl might be fixed, I think is pretty far out there. But if if there were ever a time, Scripted. Scripted. if there were ever a time, I would have thought that it would have been that Seattle year when Sean Alexander was MVP and every call went Pittsburgh's way. Like they got so screwed in that Super Bowl. Um yeah, Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Uh, Kurt Warner was also the last one to actually win the MVP and win the Super Bowl. And then he started that streak of nine of being the MVP and losing the yep. Super Bowl two years later. Um, I'm sure the Chiefs fatigue here is at a height that is far greater than the rest of the country, right? It's similar to having Warriors fatigue or Patriots fatigue, but being the rival they are, 
Everybody was sick of them long, long ago. So, yeah, that's welcome news to everybody that's listening this morning. What do you like? I think I, I placed an early wager, and I took Kansas City in the points. But I think Philly will probably win. Um, there, I have question marks. I don't really love Philly. I just look at offensive and defensive line play, and I think they can outlast Kansas City. My only question mark is I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts' shoulder is there to make all the throws, and that could prove to be difficult if Mahomes' ankle is there to make enough plays. Well, no less a football authority than San Francisco kicker Robbie Gold came out and said that if you can make Jalen Hurts just play quarterback, it's going to be a good day for your defense. So listen, kickers know. They know. Well, have you have you seen the other things that the 49ers have been saying? Like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and, and some of those guys? They were basically saying that, yeah, we did the film breakdown and we see what their secondary likes to do and how they like to anticipate and jump routes. And we had a plan for it and we were going to torch them. We were going to light them up. Kyle Shannon. And San Francisco is ultimately confident. Like, it, it, it's very bizarre to me. And this, I think, is cause for concern when you're looking at the game. It's very bizarre to me that a team that got blown out is so ultimately confident that if they would have had a quarterback for that game, that they not only would have won, they would have won comfortably on the road. And the week before that, the two, three weeks before that, there were many, many well-informed NFL people and People around the gambling world who said, oh, yeah, San Francisco is going to be favored when they go to Philly. Mm -hmm. They expected them to go in there and win. Obviously, when you are on your third quarterback and he gets hurt and then Josh Johnson comes in and gives the ball away right before half the like things turn. But early in that game, the Eagles did nothing on offense. The Devontae Smith catch, right, he had to come up and do the fist bump together because he knew he didn't catch it, and they, they got the playoff and got that early touchdown. Other than that, the offense did nothing until the 49ers started giving the ball away to them. Yeah, I can't I, – I don't feel comfortable betting against Mahomes. I, I just don't. So I, I don't feel real here, comfortable either way, which hopefully well, that makes it a close game. Yeah, and that's reflected in the line, which has stayed at uh, point, point and a half uh, throughout – so, but I, I took points, so I that, hope it's close. That is uh, that is that is the streak that Patrick Mahomes, the, the MVP curse, nine straight times. Worry, Chiefs Kingdom, worry. Is it just me on the text line, or should Jeff Carter have gotten a suspension for that hit on Kale McCarr? Yes, yes. Went back and looked at it again yesterday. Yes, and it was one of those things. Was he blatantly head hunting? No. But this this notion that all he was doing was just just continuing through his line that he had taken and he just happened to collide. There, there's an angle which shows that he he kind of he kind of turns he kind of pivots the right shoulder a little bit as it makes contact with McCarr. But it, it, to me, the larger issue is whatever you want to say about the NFL. And the way that it treats its quarterbacks. And I know a lot's been said, and it frustrates a lot of people. I get it. But the NFL gets the idea that these are our marquee players. These are our highest paid guys. These are the faces of our league. We have to protect them. And the NHL, which has done a lot over the years to 
kind of clean up their game, uh, make it a little bit more fan friendly, take out some of the goonery and all that. There's still, there's still though, and unfortunately it exists even with their disciplinary board. There still exists kind of that old boy, old school. Hey, this is hockey. You know, this is hockey. This is the, you know, we can't lose sight of the way the game's been played since the 1930s and 40s. It's a rough and tumble, violent game. In this case, you've got to recognize Jeff Carter is not Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is one of your stars. And I know it may go against kind of the ethos of the NHL, but you got to protect your stars. you got to take a page from the NFL. And they didn't. And it's one of the things that holds hockey back. It's the message sending that it's okay to do it. That's the problem, right? You can't send a message to the rest of the league that they can take shots and take runs at guys, especially when it is someone that is and is going to be for a long time the one of the faces of the league, right? That's that's the big difference is you have to send that message because McCarr's going to miss time either way, and that sucks, but that's what you have to do is you have to send the message that it's not okay to be taking these guys out of games. My my biggest point of comfortability with the Avalanche that I've had for most of the season is that they've had games in hand. So I haven't worried too much that they have opportunities to make up points. Well, that's not near as valuable if Cal McCarr's not playing in those games in hand. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a cause for concern. Good, is it just me right there? It is and is it just me Friday. Keep them coming in on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Up next, it's the morning brew. What does Michael Malone have to say about his uh, team's first game after the uh, trade deadline? And Deion Sanders had himself a day yesterday on multiple occasions, multiple platforms. You'll hear him next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Chad Anderson in for a stink who's got TV duties for Fox this morning at the Super Bowl. Nuggets playing their first game after the All-Star break, and it did not go well as uh, they get drilled in Orlando, 115-104. Michael Malone, not happy. Losing sucks. But I, I can take a loss where you guys leave it all out there and you play hard. Um, I didn't think that was the case tonight. I really don't. Uh, and not at least not in that first half and not for long enough stretches. We're 12-14 and 14 on the road with two more road games on this road trip. Hopefully against Charlotte, we can find a way. Not talking about making shots, missing shots, but just play with a lot more effort, play with a lot more urgency, a lot more physicality, and uh, when you do that, you give yourselves a chance to win, and we didn't do that tonight. Nuggets bench got outscored 56-10. to 10. They look like they spent the day at Disney World or Universal Studios riding Hagrid's motorbikes or something. Because even, even Jokic didn't look into it for large parts of that game last night. AG played out of his mind against his old team. You knew he would. And yep. KCP was kind of his normal self. Everybody else was just not there. They weren't present. And it was very disappointing. This team's not good on the road. Again, very, very important to right the ship, figure out how to get a little more organized on the road and continue to win those home games because the being that one seed is going to be very important after the events of the last two days. Nuggets 12 and 14 on the road this season. Michael Porter Jr., 3 of 16 shooting, 3 of 12 
from beyond the three-point line. Next on the morning brew, the avalanche ran into a Brandon Hagel buzzsaw. Hagel knocked down Ranton. Hagel scores! ESPN there with the call. The Avalanche lose 5 nothing in a rematch of the Stanley Cup Finals. This was, a, this was a weird game because halfway through the game, it was a good hockey game. It was one nothing. The Avalanche were out-chancing Tampa at that point. A combination of uh, uh, Andre Vasilevsky being very sharp and the Avalanche being a uh, little, not, not showing a lot of finish. You know, with the, with their shooting, either missing the net entirely on some good scoring chances, or they had three two on ones in which they overpassed, didn't get really good good looks at it. But then midway through the th- the second period, Vasilevsky makes a, a really nice save on Miko Rantanen. Puck goes the other way. Tampa scores, makes it two nothing. You could just feel the momentum shift at that point. Uh, Bo Byram takes another penalty, another hooking penalty. Power play goal, two goals in two minutes, it's 3 nothing, and then the Avs kind of let go of the rope after that. Yeah, last night sucked. There's a reason why Mark bailed out today. I mean, the, the two games in Florida for our guys did not go well last night. It, it was awful. Um, this seems like it's one of those games where if you're wearing the Tampa Bay Lightning, what, blue sunglasses, right, the blue shades, you're going to spin it a particular way and say, see, See, it was a fluke in the finals, and they're going to point to things and reasons why, and Avalanche fans are going to be like, yeah, well, you know, it kind of got away. Kelmo Carr didn't play. Like, it happens, but at least it didn't happen last spring. Next on the Morning Brew. Second and ten, and that will close out the half as DeMarcus Ware. Kyle drives Cam Newton to the ground. DeMarcus Ware, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And this is one where I have no problem whatsoever calling him ours, even though he spent most of his career with the Cowboys. Simply put, you do not win the Super Bowl in 2015 without DeMarcus Ware. You can make the argument, and I will, that for that team that season, DeMarcus Ware was far more important than Peyton Manning was. Because... The Broncos won that year with a dominating defense, one of the great single-season defenses of all time, and that defense, DeMarcus Ware was the backbone of it. Not only a terrific player, but the impact that he had on Von Miller on and off the field, bringing bringing out in Von what we saw, which was just a, a menace culminating with a Super Bowl MVP. That defense... Won a Super Bowl, and the the heart and soul of that defense was Demarcus Ware. Well deserved. When I think of Demarcus Ware, it it reminds me of all the things that I've heard the last month about D'Amico Ryan's when he was going to become a head coach. Right? He always did the right thing. He always said the right thing. He always knew the game plan on both sides of the ball. He was always everybody's buddy in the locker room and knew how to lead. Right? It, it's the same qualities of just being not only an ultimate professional but also having Hall of Fame talent and displaying it on the field along with that ultimate professionalism, right? There, You couldn't ask for anything more out of DeMarcus Ware than what he gave to the two organizations in Denver and Dallas. By the way, Ware 
Nice stat here from Andrew Mason at DenverSports.com. Ware actually had more quarterback hits than Vaughn Miller in the postseason. Had 12 on Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Cam Newton combined during that magical postseason run. Next on the Morning Brew, it was the Deion Sanders show yesterday Radio Row, and in Phoenix at the NFL Awards show. I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to recruit. I got the Boses, the Watt, Jerry say I could borrow the star. Jimmy say he's going to help me out. I need all your cousins, your mom and them, your nephews. Send them right to Colorado. We good? All right. I don't have no NIL money either, by the way. It's amazing. It's amazing. Think about it. Think about it. Thanks to Deion Sanders, Colorado football was... On the big stage at the national championship game, where it was only Dion and Nick Saban as current Division One coaches on the on the set, and then yesterday in front of the the whole football world, there's Dion saying, "Send him to Colorado." Amazing, yeah. amazing. I mean, if you had told me that that at the at the lowest depths of Carl Durrell that this would be coming, we coming. I, I I'd say no way. You're you're in fantasy land. What are you talking about? How can you how can you even come up with a scenario like that? There was also yeah, there it is. There was also the um the scenario with Adam Pacman Jones yesterday coming over during an interview that garnered a lot of attention and him saying this is why he's going to be the best recruiter and the best college football coach in the country and that that resonates that resonates with players. Um, by the way, Mike, we're we're both old enough to remember like a statement like that at a podium on an award show. Like, oh, how, right. how long ago right. would have been that that would have warranted an NCAA oh. investigation? Oh, you'd have been <laughs> instant probation, <laughs> right? <laughs> Even in pro sports, that goes down as tampering. <laughs> College, <laughs> it's the wild, wild west right now. You know, charm goes there a are long, no long way. Charm goes a long way. It's going to be so much fun. That'll do it for the Morning Brew. Bring that to each and every morning at 6.30. It is a Is It Just Me Friday. A lot to react to, uh, as we've uh, already seen here over the course of the uh, first 40 minutes of the show. So we'll get to that next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Twin Peaks presents Schlereth and Evans. Chad Anders, hello there, Chad, saying in for Stink, who's got the TV duties this morning for uh, Fox Sports 1 out at the Super Bowl. It's an Is It Just Me Friday. Get into uh, some of those. The latest on the Russell Wilson charity controversy. So the organization, his foundation, the Why Not You Foundation, has responded. Shayla Tate is the head of the foundation. And here's here's the explanation. I'm, I'm reading from Mike Kliss's report. Mike does a, a, a nice job of laying it all out. So the Arizona Republic did a story on 23 of the past 26 Walter Payton Man of the Year awards. Their nonprofit organizations, the donations made. And it showed that on a federal 990 tax form, just 24 cents of every dollar raised by the Why Not Use went to... Uh, charity during the COVID years of 20 and 21. Now, the foundation is responding, Shayla Tate's responding by saying that number is misleading because many of the scheduled charity events were canceled because of the pandemic and that most of the funds raised by 
Russell and, and Sierra for partners like Safeway Albertson was accounted for by the partners. Safeway sent the money to, let's say, Seattle's Children's Hospital, and they got credit on their 990 tax form. The Why Not You Foundation did not, according to Shayla Tate, that had the group insisted on getting credit on the tax form. The amount that would have gone to the charities would have been 70 cents on every dollar. And it was also reported that past Man of the Year award winners, Andrew Whitworth, uh, Charles Tillman, Anquan Bolden, their tax form showed that Whitworth's group, 35 cents on every dollar went to charity. Tillman, 26. Bolden's, 25. There's your, go- there's your update. I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of running a charitable organization and how to manage the finances of it. I think that somebody was really looking to try to find something here, and I'm, I'm not against that, right? I'm, I'm going to say I'm not against that. I am all for more investigative reporting. I just don't know that what is out there in terms of listing the numbers, if it actually means anything. I don't know the answer to that. Seems like a plausible explanation from the spokesperson. I don't know. I I have no idea how this works. If, If that's the case for Russ's organization, then why wouldn't the big donors for the other ones Why wouldn't that apply to them? Like, I I don't understand the differences. I'm not going to pretend like I know how much it costs and what the salaries should be for the people who are in charge uh, of making all of this work. At the end of the day, they're still giving money to a place that needs it. So I'm not going to begrudge anybody for doing that, regardless of how much it is, just because it might not end up being a total that is how much it was reported to be. It's still helping. I still, though, would like to hear something more concrete from Russ. And if, if this is a case where uh, he, he has to lawyer up, uh, then that, that would be too bad because I think he owes it to everybody to come out with, with some kind of explanation. I'll tell you this. Russ doesn't seem too bothered by everything that's out there being said about him because he posted a picture yesterday with Joe Montana and Sean Payton, him in the middle. And everyone's smiling. Russ is smiling. Sean looks looks positively giddy. Uh, Russ does not look like somebody who's carrying around the weight of the world by any means. Uh, by the way, if you if you follow Russ on on Twitter, I recommend you go to the picture just for the comments. The comments are very entertaining, as you can imagine. Plenty of charity related comments in the comment section there for uh, Russ's picture, but Russ. Uh, this is a case, I guess, where Russ's ability to compartmentalize and just kind of go through life almost oblivious to what's being said seems to be serving him well. If your he name, happy. If your name and your face are on it, and that is going to be the name and the face that gets credit when it's reported that good things are done, then yes, when there is a question, that name and that face needs to stand up and answer questions about it. No question. You are absolutely right on that. All right, let's get to some uh, Is It Just Me? Is It Just Me? Or the Nuggets looking at another second-round exit? Yeah, I think that's that. my opinion, that's just you. I, I think this team, do I wish they had done more at the trade deadline? Yes. Did the Phoenix trade kind of rock me a little bit? Yes. But the Nuggets have 
incredible chemistry. I, I, I am a little worried right now about Jamal Murray's other knee. Let's get that thing uh, stabilized because he was he was playing lights out before this cropped up to the point where I wasn't even thinking about his surgically repaired knee anymore. But now it's the other knee that's giving him some discomfort. That That's a game changer. That has to be right. If he's not right, then you got no shot. Then you are looking at probably a second-round exit. But assuming good health, I'll put the, the Nuggets' big three up against anybody, and, and I'm not ready to crown Phoenix yet. Uh, Devin Booker's got injury issues right now. Chris Paul's like 62. Uh, and you're talking about four... Players that have about what twenty five games to develop chemistry and to be this this juggernaut that's going to just steamroll through the Western Conference playoffs. I've seen a lot of super teams, a lot of duos that have been a lot of trios that have been put together with the promise of delivering big things, and they haven't. So I'm I'm not ready to panic yet about uh, uh, the Nuggets and the Suns. Are you? No, there's no panic. It's likely a much more difficult path over the last three days what has happened than it would have been before all of these trades, but they have a four-game lead in the Western Conference. They absolutely, unequivocally should be the number one seed and have home court throughout the West. The challenge is going to be how this bracket shakes out and how many of the other legit contending teams do they have to face on their road to the finals. Right. So, like, who doesn't want to see a Dallas-Phoenix first-round series? The way Dallas just clowned them last year and embarrassed them with Luka laughing at Devin Booker, and now it would be Kevin Durant against Kyrie Irving in the first round. Like, if that happens, that's great news for the Nuggets. Right? How many of the Suns, the Mavericks, the Clippers... I guess go ahead and throw in the Warriors. Mm -hmm. How many of those teams do they have to face on the way? Could you get Golden State in the first round? And then if you get by them, then you're talking about maybe getting Phoenix in the second round. You know, it it might be one of those things that your easiest series would be the Western Conference Finals. You want to end the doubts all time about Jokic and his greatness and where he stands in NBA history, you want to end the doubts? Then go through a playoff run and beat Curry, Luka, Durant, and Giannis and win a championship. That's how you do it, right? Step up to the plate and beat those four guys on your way to a title the way Dirk did, right, when he beat Tim Duncan and he beat Kobe Bryant and he beat LeBron James, right, in one run. Right, Do it the way he did, and then there will be no doubt remaining as to how great Jokic is. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch coming down the stretch. But uh, give, I know last yesterday didn't go great. Didn't We wanted more at the trade deadline, and then they go out, they lay an egg yesterday. But come on, this team has been playing at a really exceptionally high level all season long. I think they've, they, they've earned the benefit of the doubt that uh, they're going to be there. They're going to be a tough out, and they are going to, on all likelihood, have home court advantage. And they've got the best home record in the NBA. And you're talking about a, a seven-game series, a game seven being played here. I'll take my chances with that, knowing I got the best player in the league 
and healthy Jamal Murray. That's that's the the big wild card right now. Healthy Jamal Murray playing at a level that he was playing just before uh, he had to sit out these last couple of games. I'll I'll roll with that against pretty much anybody. Coming up, four down territory. Some of the uh, NFL awards that were handed out yesterday. And uh, is it time not to panic, but to start getting concerned about the avalanche? That's next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 